This program is brought to you by the Practicing Law Institute, a nonprofit learning organization dedicated to keeping attorneys, professionals, and accountants at the forefront of knowledge and expertise. Hello, Insecurities listeners. Chris and Kurt here to wish you a happy, albeit early, 4th of July. Yes, happy 4th, everyone. To celebrate Independence Day, we're taking a break from our regular programming to bring you a special 4th of July episode. We wanted to pause to recognize the holiday and to thank you, our listeners, for tuning into the Insecurities Podcast this year. We're gearing up for a few great episodes, including a focus on cryptocurrencies, our mid-year securities regulatory and enforcement review, where we look back to one of our first episodes as our outlook to 2020 and see how right our prognostications were, as well as a deep dive into the PCAOB and accounting regulation, as well as a few lively securities regulatory policy debates coming down the road. We've got some great episodes in the works for sure. And we were excited to learn recently that PLI has rescheduled its annual SEC Speaks program for October. We'll be covering the virtual event, so don't forget to check back for highlights in the fall. But these days, Kurt, as I know you are well aware, an event four months away can feel like a lifetime. I don't know, but right now I'm looking forward to the 4th of July holiday weekend much more. Do you have any big plans for the weekend with the family? Yeah, no. Um, predictably, perhaps, this year... I'll be celebrating the 4th here at home with my family. Uh, Definitely plenty of time on the grill, maybe a socially distanced happy hour outside with friends. And if things go really, really well, I may be able to sneak out and and walk nine holes of golf. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be a different kind of 4th for sure. For me, the 4th of July is always a reflective time. And in the buildup to the holiday this year, I've been thinking about what the 4th has been like in the past in more normal times. And, you know, as a kid, I have these great memories, Um, you know, growing up in a small rural town, the 4th of July was a big deal. It was the biggest thing of the summer. And I remember piling into the family car and driving out to the local community college hours before dusk so we could throw down a blanket and reserve a prime spot for the annual fireworks display. And it's been sort of a version of the same as I've gotten older. You know, over the past several years, it's been my habit to vacation in Bethany Beach over the 4th of July holiday. It's one of my favorite places in the world. It's it's a wonderful place uh, and it's near home for me. On the 4th, it's packed and it's an awesome vibe. It, it's that truly American experience. The whole town is decked out in red, white, and blue. They have the quintessential 4th of July parade through the small town streets there are kids running up and down the boardwalk, eating ice cream. You know, we go out to the bandstand and, and listen to uh, oldies. And then there's fireworks, of, of course. And a couple of years ago, I had a really cool experience where the house I was staying in had a rooftop deck. And it was an incredible vantage point to watch the fireworks. From there, we could actually see not only the fireworks in Bethany where we were staying, but fireworks sort of dotting up and down the coast off in the distance. And even in small towns inland and and probably including the small town where I grew up. So it was a it was a very cool pretty unforgettable experience. You know, with any luck this year we'll find a place to throw down a blanket and catch some fireworks here in Richmond, but we'll see how it goes. What about you, Chris? What's the 4th usually like for you and any big plans this year? 
Yeah, recent years for us have been, uh, my wife and I live here in downtown Washington, D.C. with, you know, similar to your experience, a, a roof deck where we can get a, a good view of of some of the fireworks down in the National Mall. But uh, more, I'll say, exciting are the amateur uh, fireworks specialists that we have in our neighborhood who, you know, I haven't seen a, a lot of permitting going on, uh, you know, on the street corners in which they're they're shooting off some fireworks, but uh, definitely leads to a lot of excitement, you know, as, as we sit on the roof deck and, and get a little bit closer to the smoke than we'd want to. I'm a little bit more uh, of of the liking that that my dog takes to those types of amateur fireworks than maybe uh, maybe some other more adventurous folks. So it, you know, in in years past, we've had a handful of folks over to to join us, uh, you know, for a few drinks and and some grilling on the roof. But obviously, this year it'll be uh, you know via Zoom uh, or some other program where we can catch up with family and friends. You know, you talked about growing up, Kurt, and, and for me, the experience was pretty similar uh, in a suburb of, of Rochester, New York, where I grew up. The July Fourth really revolved around the the local town parade and then the Firemen's Association Carnival on July 4th, where they've got all the kiddie rides and, and the dunk tank and the ability to to win a goldfish uh, in a plastic bag to take home. Uh, unfortunately, I was very good at winning the goldfish and didn't really plan ahead to think about sitting on a blanket with my family for the next four hours uh, watching fireworks. It's really just kind of that sitting down and enjoying time together and using the fireworks as an excuse uh, you know, to, to catch up and, and to chat. And it's something that I've looked forward to, uh, you know, every year. And, and this year will be a little bit different, but, um, you know, there's always something to do and, and ways to connect with folks uh, around the 4th of July holiday that, that I really enjoy. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's just it. It really is about spending time with family and friends. And you, you know, you mentioned Zoom. I know everybody's doing it these days. I think it's important to find a way to connect with folks around these big holidays. And so, you know, I, I hope you will have a chance to do that. I hope our listeners will uh, but things are undoubtedly going to be different this year. You know, in thinking about the fourth and in thinking about preparing for this episode, I poked around a little bit to see what the SEC usually gets up to on the fourth of July. Of course, you know, always sort of bringing it back to our securities regulatory focus. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Chris, you'll be unsurprised to learn that the SEC doesn't often file enforcement actions on the 4th of July. Uh, in, in fact, I don't think I saw any. Uh, and, and SEC officials don't often make public statements on the 4th of July. That said, as things are a little different for us this year, one year it was a little bit different for the SEC too. I stumbled on a speech from July 4th, 1974 by Ray Garrett Jr., who was then chairman of the SEC. He gave a speech on July 4th to the Texas State Bar, and doing that struck him as a little bit odd, too, based on his comments. He said he was surprised to learn that the State Bar Association's tradition was to meet on the 4th of July. He said he expected, quote, a great barbecue, a local rodeo, and a good tub thumping, run up the flag oration by some <laughs> local political leader, right? I mean, it sounds like the 4th to me. That's but it. instead, there he was giving this speech to the Texas State Bar. And it is a fascinating speech that tackles many of the same issues we still grapple with today. Chairman Garrett talked about the right ways to preserve investor choice and ensure companies have access to capital, the need to make sure investors are fully and fairly informed. He talked about disagreements over whether SEC enforcement is too tough or, quote, not worth a damn, his words, not mine. Hmm. He talked about tensions between those who advocate for a securities regulatory system marked by more regulation and those who would prefer a lighter touch. 
He talked about the need for voluntary compliance by regulated entities and issuers. And Chris, he even talked about the role of independent public accountants. Very important role. Markets. It, indeed, gatekeepers, right? We'll save that for another episode. <laughs> uh, it's a great speech. I would commend it to anyone who follows the securities regulatory space. Um, if for no other reason, it's interesting to see how how they were kind of talking about some of the same issues we are, um, whether that's because the 4th of July feels different or from a securities regulatory standpoint. Yeah. I mean, even more than 40 years later, the securities markets and the regulators seem to be working on uh, similar issues, albeit uh, from a different viewpoint. And, and in that theme of things staying the same, you know, the July 4th for me means, means two very important things as well. The first is my wife will make her traditional flag cake is a cake with icing and then a, a mix of, of colored berries on top to, to denote uh, the colors of the flag in red, white, and blue. And the other element is, is that from a professional perspective, uh, July 4th really kind of is an informal signal uh, to the litigation and enforcement space uh, uh, of taking a pause or a breather for the next month or two before Labor Day. As, as many courts and, and, and judges, litigators, and, and, and support specialists are are moving away from the courtrooms and, and heading up to the lake or to the ocean or, or to the mountains to to be away from town and and, and focus more on on taking some time away. So we always talk a little bit about kind of that that summer lull uh, that comes around, especially here in Washington D.C. and and in Manhattan and other major cities as well, uh, where the enforcement focus and the litigation focus kind of kind of takes a pause there. So I know Kurt that that's something that I've seen year over year. Is that similar with with your work as an attorney? Absolutely. I mean, usually in July, you know, the 4th of July, I think is a good point to mark the start of the slowdown. It's a gradual slowdown for us usually, but by August, things are are really, really quiet, especially if you're in DC or have a very DC centric focus. Um, August is pretty much a, a dead month. And I know it causes a lot of stress and anxiety mm-hmm. for young attorneys in, in particular. I mean, I remember when I was coming up, the first couple of times I experienced that lull, I thought, what's going on here? You know, young, young attorneys are, are particularly focused on their billable hours and making sure they're staying busy. Uh, and, and as I've gotten older, I've always tried to counsel young attorneys that, listen, this is just the natural ebb and flow. This is how things tend to go. July and August are just a little bit slower. And come September, the phones are going to start ringing again. <laughs> yep. Everything's going to come back to life. That that may be even more pronounced this year. You know, we, we recently had a conversation with Fabio Leonardi from the Northern District of Texas, who says we should expect some kind of wave of COVID-19 related or PPP related cases in the fall as, you know, the courts and, and U.S. attorneys start to get back to their work. So uh, my advice would be to uh, to young attorneys or to anyone out there who's a little worried about the busyness, uh, try to enjoy the lull while you can, because it seems like things are coming. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that for sure. Enjoy the time away. So with that, uh, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us for this grill side chat edition of the Insecurities Podcast. Uh, if you guys find yourself slowing down in the coming weeks, uh, you know, as, as Kurt and I see coming, uh, feel free to click back and check out some of our previous episodes on specific topics like insider trading or, or whistleblower issues. Uh, as always, we want to hear from you regarding your thoughts, comments, and topics for future discussions on insecurities. Please use the hashtag InsecuritiesPod on Twitter or LinkedIn to join us in the conversation. You can find me at Ekimoff CPA. And you can find me at Enforce underscore update. Be well, everyone. Happy 4th of July, and we'll be talking with you soon. Have a good time. Thanks for tuning in. 
Thanks for listening to Insecurities, a podcast from PLI, the Practicing Law Institute. PLI is a nonprofit provider of authoritative professional services training and continuing education. In an increasingly complex business environment where intricate corporate structures reign, Insecurities can help you make sense of it all. A special thanks goes to the producer of Insecurities, Daniel Pinitz, as well as hosts Chris Ekimoff and Kurt Wolf. For more information about PLI's SEC Institute or to view hundreds of hours of fresh and relevant on-demand programming covering changes within the security sector, visit pli.edu membership and sign up for a privileged membership. These recorded materials are designed for educational purposes only. This podcast does not constitute legal, audit, tax, consulting, business, financial, investment, or other professional advice, and it does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please consult a qualified professional advisor before taking any action based on the information herein. Furthermore, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individual participants. PLI, Trautman Pepper, and RSM do not make any representations or warranties, express or implied, regarding the contents of this podcast. Users of this podcast may save and use the podcast only for personal or other non-commercial educational purposes. No other use, including without limitation, reproduction, retransmission, or editing of this podcast may be made without the prior written permission from PLI. PLI.